Hi Onyx fam, welcome to the Onyx Life where change comes with challenge. My name is Merthel. And I'm Rita. Every episode we take you on a journey moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx life, creating happy homes and financial empires. Today we will be talking about the power of words. So the last time that we talked, we talked about the power of thoughts. Right. And we discovered that you know, our thoughts leads to feelings, feelings leads to actions, and actions form habit. And so there's no wonder why, you know, we tend to, whatever we think, it tends to manifest itself. Right. But there seems to be something even beyond the power within ourselves. There seems to be some type of principle out there that what we think uh, creates some type of energy, and I don't fully understand it completely, but... You know, it's something that has been observable for thousands of years and many great minds have talked about it. Well, the same is true about our words. That's right. I mean, there's even a book called Think and Grow Rich. Actually, there's tons of books about how everything starts in your mind. So whatever goal you basically want in life, they they first say visualize it. And so now... The second step they always talk about is your words. If you say to yourself, I'm going to become this or I'm going to succeed at this, you're way more likely to actually accomplish it. So when we do our vision boards, we don't just simply think about what we want. We don't just simply look at it, but we enforce and we we strengthen um, our ability um, by speaking it. So it's important that, you know, let's just say, um, for example, you want to lose weight. It's not just important for you to visualize yourself losing weight and thinking about it in a very positive way, but reinforcing it with your words, like demonstrating it through what you say, saying, I am, I am losing weight. I, I have the power to lose weight. I have, I have the strength to uh, lose this weight. This is easy for me. You know, things like that. Examples. Yes, I notice with a lot of gurus, what they do is they say, I will easily make this income this month. I will easily accomplish this goal. And I notice that they use this key word, easily, because they, they want to basically let the world know that I refuse to make this something that's impossible or difficult. I will easily do this. So one of the things that in my past is, I had a habit of basically talking about negativity a lot. Things I didn't want to happen, things that I was scared was going to happen, things that were already happening that I didn't like, and it was complain, 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 and my life just stayed there. It just stayed at that level, just down in the dumps. And I noticed that after I started reading books that talked about what our words do, I started getting very cautious about what came out of my mouth. Of course, it started in my head, but then I followed suit with what I said. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that thing where it started in your head, well, you know, maybe possibly it didn't start in your head. Maybe possibly it started outside of yourself. There are so many people that have been bullied or so many people that have been in abusive relationships or their parents um, had a very uh, dictatorial, abusive style of parenting. And so sometimes the thoughts that we think 
our, our own thoughts actually came from somewhere. It came on the playground. It came from, you know, the home. And so that thought that I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I can't do it originated through words. That is very true. I had someone that was close in my life and they consistently tried to make me feel like I was stupid. They would always say, you're so stupid. But the ironic thing is, is that I was always at the top of my class. I was always bringing home the best grades. I was always in talented and gifted programs. I got scholarships for college, full scholarships. I got, I got garbage bags full of letters from different colleges trying to get me to go. But this person, because of their own insecurity, tried to make me believe, no, you're so stupid. I remember one example. I was, um, I was young, maybe 11. No, no, what am I talking about? I think this was in high school. I was in high school and this person told me, or they asked me, go get the bread. We were in a supermarket. They said, Rita, go get the bread. They wanted a specific kind of bread. I went over there, I couldn't find it. Came back to this person and I said, I can't find it. And the first thing out of their mouth was, you're so stupid. And it was like, I just couldn't find it. That doesn't mean whether someone is smart or stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, that same person actually um, had an, we had, an, had another experience and I'm just gonna give you just a, a, a summary of it. Uh, she or he, because I don't wanna say who it was, this person drove me somewhere and they actually wanted me to get a ride with someone else. But it was a class event. It was my senior year in high school. And they wanted me to get a ride with someone else to this event. But I couldn't find one. So I said, can you take me? This person said, fine. So this person and their friend that were in the front seat, um, the whole ride for maybe 45 minutes started railing about how come you couldn't find a ride? You're so stupid. You're so stupid. And just on and on and on and started calling me all sorts of foul names. And the thing is, I come from a very good family. So when this person consistently tried to do that, I could only think that they felt so insecure and low about themselves. They were trying to take it out on the child as a child. Now, this person has since apologized to me, but that was one of my lowest points. Overall, my years of growing up, this person had constantly tried to make me feel bad about myself. They would talk about the way I looked, talk about the way I dressed, talked about my skin complexion, talked about my hair, like you name it, they talked about it. And what happened was that night when we reached our low point, I took 45 minutes of basically verbal abuse. And then I went home and I called my mom and I said, this is what just happened. And my mom was livid because this person, my mom, knows very well and she got on the phone with them and basically said how dare you and basically told her a whole lot more than how dare you but I never received that same treatment again and since then this person has apologized to me but what we don't know is when I doubt myself even now is it those words that are coming back to me that were not me but someone who was like on an agenda to try to make me feel low. And in a position low. of power, a person who a child could respect. It could even be a peer on the pit playground, like I said. Um, but definitely, uh, there's a saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I've, I've heard this said over and over, and I'll repeat it. That's the biggest lie. Most of the hurt that we experience, they come from actual words. But 
you know, words has a way of doing some extremely positive things too. So right. not only does it destroy, but it does some positive things. And in this podcast, we would like to focus on a few things that words do in business that can just revolutionize your business, that can take it to new levels. But first, I want to share just a kind of testimony about how words impacted me prior to um, our business and kind of set an example and a foundation uh, made me a believer that words really truly can make a revolutionized change. And that was with my parents. And, you know, growing up, um, I went through my rebellious stages just like every other child. But what I found remarkable about the approach that my parents took was that they decided that they were going to use their words to build me up. And so during this phase of rebellion, our family was going through a challenge. My brother had fallen ill and it was challenging. His mental illness was really challenging the family being able to have a stable home. And so during that time people time period where there was an upheaval in our home due to his illness, I found refuge going to my friend's home. And at that particular point in time, my friends had moved out of their home. So all of us had our own place. And like young men at that time, we went through a really rebellious stage. And, and of course, there is drugs and, you know, things like marijuana and, and a lot of partying and a lot of things that um, that we did that was just very silly and rebellious. But during that time period, you know, dropping out of school, not really paying attention and doing that kind of stuff. What was remarkable is that when I would come back home and sometimes I'd come back home maybe once a week or you know, even longer at times, my parents used to say, son, please just call us. If you could just give us a phone call, it would make us know at least that you're okay. And one of the things that my parents did at that particular point in time um, was every time that I'd come home, they would cook my favorite meal. They would clean up my room wow. and they would just, <laughs> yeah, they would just like go over the top to just woo me to stay. And, but using their words, their words it was so powerful like son we believe in you son we 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 we're so proud of you we know that you're going to be a great person you're going to you know make an impact in this world in a very positive way now this is crazy because at that particular point in time in my life i was not demonstrating anything that they were saying about me they were speaking the things that they wanted to see in me into existence but I like to hear it. I like how it sounded. <laughs> and, um, and it began to kind of wear me down because I wanted to live up to that. And see, that's kind of the, the thing about parenting is, is that oftentimes we will reflect in our words what they're actually doing. And then we'll think to ourselves, okay, since I'm not lying, I'm just basically saying what they're doing. Why are you being lazy? Why are you as we reinforce those words, as we keep on saying those words, lazy, 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 or whatever the word is that they're doing, you are actually reinforcing the bad behavior. And what my parents taught me was that if you say it in the positive, oh, son, we, when you, when you work hard, oh, we just appreciate you. That is just a wonderful thing. And, you know, you don't understand how that makes me feel. The fact that you did dot 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 and they would take the smallest things and be able to use it as a reinforcement and and, and that really made a difference in my life yes i i have to say when i met my husband's parents and i observed the way that they interacted with each other i came away with thinking that they were his biggest cheerleaders in life which 
all parents should be, but unfortunately not all of us have that. And when I observed that, I thought, this is just unreal. It wasn't that he didn't deserve it at all. It was just that I was not used to seeing even the smallest achievements praised. I wasn't used to seeing accolades when it didn't seem like really anything was happening, just, just for you being you. And what happened was it actually transferred onto me when I got married. It was like, Rita, you're the best, um, so, I'm sorry, you're the best daughter-in-law. You are <laughs> like a daughter to me. You know what? You, have, you are destined for greatness. And I'm talking powerful words of affirmation just overflowed onto me from them. Now, it doesn't mean that my parents weren't affirming because the person I was talking about earlier was not my parents. But my parents were affirming. But this was a whole nother level of affirmation. I think it was it, it was strategic. So it was done it, it on was purpose. Intentional. It was intentional. It was intentional. Right. And it wasn't just reactive. Right. It wasn't like you brought home an A, great job. It was you woke up this morning and I love you. You're my son. You're destined for greatness. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm almost certain that there are times where they probably cried at night and they, you know, had some choice thoughts that they had to really struggle with. But it's a muscle that you have to develop. It's a muscle that you have to work out. Right. And it's a discipline. And when you're intentional, it, it can become a big payoff. In fact, it will become a big payoff. And what happened is, is that at a very poignant moment in my life, when I was feeling very vulnerable, that's when their words really paid off. Um, I was going to a club with my friends and we were coming back home from the club. It was really, really late at night and it was raining and you know the music was pumping and we're talking about the girls that we checked and got the numbers and we're just you know just having like a good guy time and then all of a sudden there was a bend in the road and i could not turn that corner fast enough and the car skid out of control and at the end of the day the car was complete right off the window shattered out the the, the axle broke off the you know the airbags deployed and fortunately nobody was seriously injured but when i got home i thought that i was gonna get it for my father because this was the only car and the interesting thing about it is is that they were strategic in many ways because in order for them to get me to stay at home they gave me the car so that i would have to come home and stay home because it was only one car and he had to drive my mom to work and then he had to go to work the next day so it, he, they were intentional about everything that they did with me. But this particular day, it all culminated. All their words, all their intentions, all their strategies, it culminated. And so when I went home, I was expecting for my parents to really get on me because now I really blew it. I just blew it. And when I got home, my dad approached me and he said, is everybody okay? Are you guys, are you fine? You must be tired. And then he said, the next time, he said to me, the next time, that we get a car and you know and that you drive it i i would want you to be more careful and and, and those words the next time i mean you're already giving me a second chance <laughs> you're, you're you're already believing in me and all their words to say i now i had dropped out of school and i had you know barely gotten through i struggled through with night school but I was at a very low point in my life at that point in time, but because they showed me that they believed in me and they invested in me, and especially with their words, I determined that I was gonna make something out of my life. And that's when the real change came in my life and their words began to manifest. And 
I decided that I was going to go to school. I was going to go to university. I didn't have the grades to get in, but I told them, hey, I'd like to go to university and this particular university. And to my surprise, my parents had already enrolled me and did all the work that I needed to get in so that when I got to the place that I was like, I would like to go, I had already been accepted. Now I was accepted on academic probation where my GPA was like, I don't know, like probably two point something. But nevertheless, they their words had got me to that place. And when I went off to university for the very first time in my life, I was a C student, few Fs, you know, maybe one or two Bs, maybe in gym and, and lunch, you know. But But when I went to university, that was it. I was on the honor roll every year and even the dean's list. And so it just goes to show you now, you know, two masters and, you know, had a very successful career um, in the ministry and also um, had a very successful career in marriage and family therapy. And now we have transitioned to now having Onyx Life and we're speaking to millions, if not billions of people around the world. It is incredible that their words have been able to bring me where I am today. Yes. And their words didn't even stop just at you. Like, for example, his dad would now tell everybody I was the best daughter-in-law. So he wasn't just affirming me personally. He would now affirm me to everyone. And it was just an amazing feeling because it wasn't empty. It wasn't empty. His father was not the type of person to just go and flatter and not mean it. It was it was real. He accepted me into the family and he loved me like I was his daughter and he let everybody know. So that what that did was it would stop any sort of thought by anybody else that somehow I was different than his other his actual biological daughter. He wanted everyone to know she's my family, she's my daughter and it was a special bond and unfortunately he did pass away about what eight years ago now mm -hmm. and you know I miss that because it was someone in my life who he was someone in my life that just consistently affirmed and just made you feel good and especially for me because when I talk about my parents I'm actually talking about my grandparents I did not have my parents in my life not in that way at all and I will get into that in another podcast, but and how that affected me, but how I was able to actually move past it and, you know, continue to make something of my life. But what I'm saying is that to have my grandparents and then to have my father-in-law give me that wonderful feeling of of a parental love was just it was it was it was beautiful and I, I really do miss his affirming words. So when you are in the business world now and now you are transferring your communication on the level of your business entrepreneurship, you have to be mindful that there are a lot of hurt people that you're dealing with. And so it is very critical for you to be a master of your words, master of the message and making sure that you're being intentional with everything that you're saying because there could be so much misunderstanding that is passed on even through the business world. And so that's why books like How to Win Friends and Influence People oh, I love that have become one of the top sellers. And I recommend that to anybody listening right now. If you're going to get into the business world, this book is almost the Bible of communication in the business world. And what is it called? 
how to win friends and influence people. I already knew what it was called, but what I wanted to do was just reiterate it. How oh. to win friends and influence people. Right. I love, love, love that book. And as I was saying to one of my friends the other day that my whole family and I, we all read it not too long ago and it really changed our lives. We have a funny thing in our household that when somehow someone is not communicating in the way that this man had said we needed to communicate, we'll say to each other, that's not very how to win friends and influence people. And then we <laughs> kind of laugh and then we say, oh, okay, wait a minute. You know what, let's, let me, let me back this up and let me, let me, uh, let me come again, let me come correct. So that is that book. And I just want to get the author Right. But um, what are some of the, you know, the top things in how to win friends and influence people that you really appreciated? Well, one of the things, and by the way, it's from Dale, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really liked about um, Dale Carnegie, one of the things that he said was how important someone's name is to them. I thought that was a very important point. Many years, I was a pastor's wife with my husband here being the pastor, and I, for the life of me, could not remember a lot of people's names. I, we would go and be stationed at a church for a few years and then switch to another church, and that's the way our um, denomination works. You know, you don't stay for, you know, life. You stay there for a few years, and then you get rotated, and they get fresh blood. So basically... After a few years, after I just got to know everybody, I would then switch, right. get to a new church, and then I would be like, oh, man. And and trust me, people, after I had my kids, I just I don't know what happened. It was like pregnancy brain just, just stayed with me, you know, all these years later. My last kid was like 11 years ago. But the point is that he mentioned how important that is to someone. They He said, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. And I thought, wow, because that name is signifies them. That symbolizes them. Right. So we were we're about to do a service in our house right now. Uh, we're doing a building project and we are getting different quotations. And it really impressed me because my name, Merthel. Now, I don't know why, but everybody wants to say Marcel. Some people will say Myrtle, Mitchell, <laughs> Mitchell, like they will say everything but everything Murthel. And the way you spell it is M-I-R-T-H-E-L-L. -L. Now, anybody that reads phonetically, phonetically just th is the thing that this, you know, <laughs> I mean, but I will spell it. They will look at it and they'll say, oh, OK, Marcel. <laughs> it's like, what? Where's the A? Right. Where's right. the C? But it's it's funny because that same person could pronounce Thibodeau or and you know how you spell that one like T H I B O D A U like right. that same person could 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 you know they can pronounce all these other names and all these other languages and all these other cultures and something so simple like Marthel you would think oh here that's pretty simple but because it's unfamiliar right. it, their brain wants to say it's something, something else something that is familiar to them because Marcel is familiar. I'll tell you right now, 
we haven't made the final decision and there's many other reasons why we would choose this particular person. <laughs> yeah, not just because not of just the name. my name, but it just I had to pause the conversation because he was using it quite frequently. He was like, yeah, like Marcel said, you know, Marcel, and he was saying it just so phonetically correct. I just stopped him and I just said, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you're able to say my name. And it just goes to show you that it does. It's so true. Uh, a person's name is the sweetest thing that they can hear. And when somebody is able to say it correctly, in like in my case, where most people don't, it is impressive. Right, right. What did you like about the book? What, well, what was one concept that stood out to you? Well, one of the things that he said, in, and it was in uh, chapter two, actually, he talked about talk in terms of that person's interest. So I know a lot of times we want to talk about our interests and we want to talk, you know, about what we are really good at. But he encourages us to actually you know, talk about the person's interest. So feel out, you know, ask open-ended questions and then feel them out and then talk about what they're interested in. Yes, I, I like a good conversationalist. I do. I, I, I like being a conversationalist and I like talking to someone who can relate to me on levels that I can appreciate. And I do the same with them. I think it's important. How else can we, you know, really have good communication? You have to have a gateway. You have to have opening wedge in order to start somewhere right and the thing about it is is this is that whatever business that you're getting into it is worth the time to take out even if it's just a little bit of time try to get to know that person's interest if you could get to know it before time if you have the inside scoop and you know that they love golf you know do your research it would be worth your while you will win more clients if that's the type of business you have you'll win more right. sales if that's the type of business you have, whatever it is, you will definitely win. Someone talks to me, they will talk to me about entrepreneurship. You've got me. You got me at entrepreneurship. <laughs> right. I could talk about it all day, every day. And even 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 outside of entrepreneurship, let's just say you're still in the work field and you're still trying to work your way towards, you know, building your own brand and having your own and you're going to a job. And you're going through the interview. I have seen Rita do this so many times, like make a personal relational connection with a person before you launch into whatever it is that you're, you're going to be talking about and laugh and smile and be very personable because most people feel fairly confident that they have a training program where they can teach you what you need to learn. They can teach you the ropes, but you can't teach personality. You can't teach connection. And so a lot of people get hired and what that's a big secret that many people don't know. They get hired based on personality. The question this person's asking is, can do I want to work with this person? Do like at the in the morning, am I gonna face this person that has no personality and seems so stiff? Yeah, they probably can do the job, but can we talk at lunch? Can we like can I go out to the lunch break and actually have a regular conversation with this person? Yes, actually, I have always gotten hired pretty much for any job I've been, um, I've interviewed too. This is true. And I've interviewed for a lot and I've had a lot of jobs, but there was one. I actually didn't get the job and I've never been fired from a job, but this one I actually didn't get the job and I knew why. I was, it was at a point in time in my life, not too long ago, before we started entrepreneurship, where I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do to bring in the finances. Um, I was working a job 
that was uh, seasonal and basically yearly and, and ended in December and wouldn't start up again until possibly March or April. So I needed to find a job for January and February and maybe even further. So this job was about actually like an hour and a half away from where we were living in Florida. And it was, I can't even remember. We were, it was something at a nursing home. I was a nurse practitioner. The funny part is I... Uh. I remember now because I'm looking not, at her like with strange. Yeah, like, you he's, he's always get the like, job. What? So I um, couldn't remember that, but I do remember this one. Yes, because what happened was I really I was so wrapped up into figuring out okay, if I take this job, what time would I have to leave in the morning? How long will I have to be here? How do I make it back home with during rush hour? And I was figuring out okay, how soon can they hire? How much does it pay? I was so into my own head. I, I don't even re hardly remember the interview. And I was not surprised when I got an email later that's saying, thank you for you know your interest, but we've decided to go with another candidate. Because I this was probably one of my only times I did not take the time to really just talk and get to know them. Literally the only time because I was sitting here puzzled because she always, always gets the job. <laughs> and I won't get the job. I'm like, you know, sometimes I'll just enter in and I'll just be but all- But you're friendly. I'm friendly, but when I go into an interview before I learn these principles, I would be going in diplomatic, you know, like ultra trying to formal. be serious, ultra formal, serious, you know, <laughs> and it's just like that does not work. That doesn't work. People no. want to, no. you know, joke with you. They want to know that you have a personality. And like I said, anybody can be trained to do the job, but you can't train personality. So begin in a friendly way. And that is the principle number four in one of his chapters i think it's the third chapter or part three Part three, yes it is um begin in a friendly way now there's another one that i really uh, need to share with you and it is dealing with when something goes wrong when something goes wrong and things always go wrong how do you use your words to turn things around and one of the things is you, you never say to somebody you're wrong you never say you're wrong that's just not the way um, that you handle a situation. You you give people a way out. Give give someone the way out. Don't trap a dog in the corner or he's going to come out biting. And I can say that this is true. I have learned both the hard way and the right way. Um, dealing with uh, problematic situations and choosing to do it in a way where, you know, you go after the person because you just know they're wrong. But... It never works out very well when you back someone in a corner. They will know they're wrong and they will fight with everything because they don't want to be shamed or they don't want to be called out. And so it's always better. And he talks about this is give people a way out. Give them a way out. Don't 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 come right out and say you're wrong. And but where you should say um, that when something is wrong is when you are wrong. And I remember reading this part of the book. He's like, do it quickly. Do it emphatically and do it thoroughly, so much so that it gives the other person nothing to say except for, hey, they, they, they are going to now come to your rescue. That's what he actually said in the book. When you do an apology the right way, they will come to your rescue no matter how bad it is, and they will start giving you excuses. And so um, that was I, I thought that that was a very clever way to be able to approach business relationships um, in that way and it all makes sense I think that that's very hard to do I think that number one it takes a lot of humility a lot because if someone does something wrong or something that you did not expect 
or desire, especially in business, your first thought is to say, listen, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected. This needs to be done again or you're fired or something, you know, or I don't, I can't use you or I want to break this contract, whatever it is. That's your first instinct. So in order for you to have the kind of communication that he's talking about, you would almost have to take it on your shoulders now and say something like, maybe there was a miscommunication. Maybe somehow I miscommunicated what my actual Mm -hmm. desire was for this project. Let me just um, let me just go over it again and see if and we're clarify. still on the same page. Right. That is very difficult, especially when you're like me. I can be very cut and dry. I'm not mean, but I can be very just cut and dry. Like I got to move on because I don't have a lot of time in my day. And and I think I perceived that principle as taking t- taking longer than I would have probably wanted to over a situation that I'm already upset about. But it's proven. It's proven. And so, you know, we do try to do those things. We had somebody here who cleaned the house the other day and um, they did not do exactly what I wanted. I was like, well, we're clearly not using them again. My husband was like, let's just, can we please just use them for a month and let's just try them out. And I was ready to call and say, this is, these are the things that I asked you to do. This is what was not done right. And really I'm, I'm not really like much of a taskmaster. I just have really a a short tolerance for when I feel that I've made myself clear and something is still not done. Right. And I think what happened in that particular situation is, is that Rita didn't make a connection with them because she was busy doing another aspect of our business when they came to clean. And um, the task was left to me to just kind of like make sure that everything was done well with this cleaning. And we have a really big house and I just knew that they may have been bit off more than they could chew. And we probably had an expectation because there's no way that they could have done that job in well, one day. Let me, let me tell you why. Because when we interviewed them to come and do it, I told them, I said, are you sure that you two can do this? And are you sure you can do this in the allotted time? And I was told, of course, yes, no problem. We can do it. So my expectation was if they said they were going to, that they could do it, even after I gave them a way out mm-hmm. and they said, yo, we can do it, then it would have been done. There's some basic things that weren't done. And so when I, at the end of the day, my thought is, listen, I've already made myself clear, told you what I needed and it wasn't done. But to be fair, I think a better approach is my husband's approach because I look back on when I was working for other people I cannot say that I was always 100% on. In fact, most of the time, I was not. Mm. Who really is always 100% on? So the kind of mercy that I would have wanted, I needed to extend to them. So I went with what my husband is saying, and so I'm going to give it some time. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> right. So they, so one of the principles that he had um, in part four, which goes along with what we've been talking about when something goes wrong, call attention to people's mistakes indirectly so try to do things in an indirect way try to um, share with them something in an indirect way and that is always better because you don't want to back somebody up in a corner so can we do that with our children too absolutely and that's like this is one of the principles um when you're dealing with children is always to reframe something in the positive instead of the negative like i said before you do not want to reinforce the bad behavior that is already 
being displayed. And how you do that best is by saying the opposite. So if you want to get them to work harder, then you find an example of when they were working hard and you say, you know, I am so proud of you when you dot, dot, dot. It just, ah, I just know that whenever I give you a task to do uh, and I see that you do it like how you did it with dot, 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 washing dishes, that just makes me know you are just such a remarkable child. And it just makes me so proud. And I know that you apply that in every area of your life. There is nothing that you can't do. And it's just, it just continues to reinforce positive behavior. And then it, it goes along with one of the things that he says. It's one of the principles that he actually says. He says, you know, give a person a great reputation. I can't remember exactly um, which principle it was, but um, if I find it, I will I will share it the exact words uh, of what he says. But it's when something like give a person a great reputation to live up to and yeah, they will attempt principle to do principle seven and part four. Oh, OK. And what does it say? Give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. Right. And so when you do that and you tell a child, you tell anybody, a worker that you have, they do not want to lose that leverage that they just got. They just got leverage with their boss or they just got leverage to get the contract or they just got leverage with their parents or even a spouse. They don't want to lose that leverage. They want to live up to that reputation. And so that's a great way to motivate people. Again, that takes patience, humility. <laughs> right. I, I definitely have taken the whole um, affirmation um, way of parenting. I constantly praise the children because I've seen the way it worked with my husband and I see how I felt and I just, I naturally do it because I do love them. When things do happen though, you know, my first thought is, okay, how can I follow how to win friends and influence people? And I try that for a while. And depending on the personality is when it works or not or how long it takes to work. Right, <laughs> Some personalities, right. I'm sorry, that I could try that all the live long day and it just isn't, doesn't work. So sometimes, unfortunately, with that, with that child, I have to just kind of be more firm like, look, this is not, this is not gonna happen anymore. Right. And some other children, I, I can just stay on the more um, affirming side. Now, does that mean that that does not work with the other child? I don't think so. I think it just requires more patience. And other strategies. Remember, you have several tools in your belt when you're dealing with children or anybody for that matter. And so you may have to create boundaries, stronger boundaries for one child, but you still can affirm them. So what you want to do is you want to stay maintain even though you're frustrated maintain your posture believe in the power of words because the power of words work but find what are the tools that, that you need to to bring in to reinforce that so it may mean that you will have to create stronger boundaries because right. maybe their boundaries is is loose or maybe you need to uh, follow through on a punishment right that you haven't been following through and so there's different things where we fall short and we don't want to take it out with words to, right. to, to supplement because the power of words always works. That's right. There's so many good principles in this book, how right. to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie. It's just, 
it is just such a good book. I think principle number nine um, reinforces what we were saying. Make the other person happy about doing the thing you suggest. So you suggest <laughs> something and then you make them happy. So it's kind of like following through on that whole thing. You make the suggestion and then you just keep on rewarding them or suggesting what the rewards could be in in suggestive types of ways to, to make them almost want to do it because they're like this. This makes that person happy. I want to make them happy right, because principle number six in that same section is praise the slightest improvement and praise every improvement. Be hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise. Right. And I, I love doing that with the kids when I see something that they are doing um, that I see that they're improving on it. I, I love to see that because you do see immediately that they feel proud of what they're doing. They feel motivated to stick with it. But the thing about praise and affirmation and all those things, it's like water. You, you, you can't just drink a cup of water yesterday and then say, well, the next day, I don't need water because I had some yesterday. Right. Praise, affirmation, words of affirmation. You need those on the, a daily basis because for some reason we, we soak it up, but we don't hold on to it. And so we need that same motivation, that same inspiration day in, day out. And if you need it, your kids definitely need it. Absolutely. So, and your workers, if you work for people or, you know, you have workers underneath you or business partners, we all need it on a daily, daily, daily basis. But what we want to reinforce to you today um, in this podcast is the power of words truly work. Apply it to every area of your life. Apply it to your children and parenting. Apply it in your marriage. Apply it in your business and you will reap the great rewards because words are indeed powerful. We learn that they're powerful in the negative way to destroy relationships, to destroy business. I can't tell you how many businesses have tanked simply because of words. One of their partner may be a hothead and they just destroy the entire business or somebody that just has the art of speaking. It's like their words are like honey and they draw people to them. And so just remember that you can change your life with words. Yes. I, one of the people that I follow online who is also building her, a brand for herself, she says, a lot of people come up to her and say, how do you get all these deals? How do you close all these deals? And she said, it's simple because people like to work with me. She said, there are people who are probably smarter, more clever, um, maybe even work harder. But what happens is, she said, they actually like to work with me. So I can't think that it's just, if, if it was just about her positive thoughts, then you know what? then that wouldn't really mean as much. So it has to be not just her thoughts, but it's her words and it's her attitude. And so basically that's where it is. That's one of the examples of why the power of words is just so powerful. Absolutely. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Um, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast and the power of words. We hope that you can apply those principles Go check out that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Let us know what you think. Go ahead and write us on onyxlife.com where we have a section called Ask Us or you can even just email us at the contact at the onyxlife.com just so that you know we can get some feedback on what 
in your life has changed with having positive thoughts and positive words. Join us again Monday through Friday. Show notes are found at theonyxlife.com. Um, join our Facebook, The Onyx Life. Follow us on Twitter at The Onyx Life and on Instagram at The Onyx Life Official. Now go live that Onyx life where change comes with challenge. See you next time.